Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. We are very thankful to the Lord for His help in the study of the book of Daniel, the prophecy that the the Lord had given to Israel and to us all through His servant Daniel during the time that the Jewish people were in captivity and Daniel, by divine inspiration, was used by the Holy Spirit of God to pen down for us this wonderful prophecy that called the prophecy of Daniel. We have arrived to chapter 11, and in this ministry meeting I would like to read with you uh, the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verses 36 to 45. And this will be the third message on Daniel, chapter 11, And really, beloved brothers and sisters, the topic of this message of Daniel chapter 11, verses 36 to 45, is the final vision of Daniel, the Antichrist, and the final worldwide religious system. And this is a very important portion of Scripture, which shows us that Daniel, in days of old, received already information concerning the last days. In Hebrew, we call it Acharit Hayamim. The last days and the final days, which is including the tribulation days, and ultimately the coming of the Messiah Yeshua at His second coming, and the judgment of the Antichrist at the second coming of the Messiah. And so please follow me as I'm reading Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 to 45. And so we read, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in a most strong hold with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And at that time of the end shall the king of the south push at him 
and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, and with horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom, and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him, therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas of the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. And so here we are, beloved brothers and sisters. We read Daniel 11, verses 36 to 45. Let me remind you that this portion in Daniel chapter 11 is actually the third division of Daniel chapter 11. Again, to remind you, Daniel 10, 11, and 12 are together as one unit. And they are forming the final end-time prophetic vision that Daniel received. So when we read Daniel 10, 11, and 12, really we need to read them together because this is the final of end-time prophetic vision that Daniel received. And as we learn this together in our study together, we have learned that there are three major points here in Daniel chapter 11. Of course, in chapter 10, we have learned of the fact that the angel ministered to Daniel and came to him to help Daniel understand the, the vision that he sees. And chapter 11 gives us this long history that presented before us concerning the times of the Gentiles. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, Always I'm reminding us all that Daniel was speaking specifically concerning his people, the Jewish people, and his city, the city of Jerusalem. Daniel didn't understand church truth. And therefore we have always have to bear in mind that the revelation that Daniel gives us through the prophecy that he received is specifically in connection with the world, the earth, his people, the Jewish people, and the city of Jerusalem and the land of Israel, and how the Jewish people and the city and the land of Israel had been treated by the rulers that will rule during the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles began from the time that Daniel was carried captive, 605 B.C., 
or we might say even closer, 586 BC, when the temple was destroyed by the Babylonian and our Jewish people were taken captive to Babel. The times of the Gentile will come to an end at the second coming of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, Israel's ultimate restoration when Israel as a nation will recognize that indeed this Yeshua, this Jesus is truly the promised Messiah and Israel will accept him and all Israel shall be saved as we have read both in the prophet Isaiah and also in the book of Romans when the apostle Paul said to the Roman believers in Romans 11 verse 25 for I would not brethren that ye should be ignorant of this mystery lest ye should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written they shall come out of Zion, the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Paul said to the gentle believers in Rome, he said, But as touching election, they are beloved for their father's sake, for the gift and calling of God are without repentance, unchangeable. This is Romans 11, verses 25 to verse 29. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel is giving to us in these last and final end-time prophetic vision, the final days of the times of the Gentiles. And in this 11th and 12th chapter, we really look over the final portion of the times of the Gentiles and the ultimate restoration of the people of Israel and the establishment of the Messianic kingdom at the second coming of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And so if you remember in chapter 11, we looked over the fact that in verses 1 to 20, we see a portion of the times of the Gentiles. We see the Grecian Empire taking over the Medo-Persian Empire, and we can see that there was a north and south conflict between the generals of Alexander the Great who died and these Grecian kingdom had been divided, the empire had been divided into four kingdoms, north, south, east, and west, and there was a constant uh, conflict between these four generals and their descendants in the whole history of the Grecian empire, until there was a settlement of these four divisions, but continuously there was a conflict between the north and the south. The north is north of Israel, it is Syria, and the south is the south of Israel, and this is Egypt. So the two rulers of the divided empire, the Grecian divided empire, consistently had a conflict between one another, and that's why in the first 20 verses we have learned once and again, we have read of the King of the South, verse 5. 
coming against the king of the north, verse 6. And then again, the king of the north, verse 7, against the king of the south, in verse 9, and so on. Egypt against Syria, Syria against Egypt, and all the kings and the rulers that have followed the first four generals who took over the Grecian Empire. So in the first 20 verses, we have learned about the Grecian and Northern and the Southern conflict that existed for years after years after years, until we learn here in the second portion of Daniel chapter 11, in verse 21 to verse 35, we learn of a singular person by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes, who was the Syrian Grecian king who expanded his power and he's the one that Seleucus line and he's the one, the king that caused a lot of trouble to the Jewish people and he's the one who committed in his days the abomination of desolation by putting a pig in the temple in Jerusalem offering a pig and, and putting an image of Zeus, uh, desiring that the Jewish people will worship him, Antiochus IV, who began from uh, 173 BC to 164 BC when he died, and he's the one that was persecuting the Jewish people for a long period of time, 173 to 164 BC until he died. And he sought to, you might say, to destroy the Jewish faith in the true and living God, asking our people, the Jewish people, to stop to be circumcised, to stop to keep the law, to stop to celebrate the feast that God had given to Israel, the feast of Jehovah, the feast of the Lord, and to stop to, to worship in the temple. And he wanted them to worship him. He wanted them to eat pagan food, a food that was offered to idols, and he Ultimately, he was defeated by the Maccabees, by uh, the Jewish zealots who fought against the Grecian Syrian armies and ultimately have rededicated the desecrated temple. And that's where the celebration of the Feast of Hanukkah have been kept by our Jewish people since 165 BC when the temple was rededicated by the Maccabees. And the Jewish people could go back and worship in the temple in the city of Jerusalem. But now, beloved brothers and sisters, we just read the third portion in Daniel chapter 11, which begins from verse 36 and takes us all the way to verse 45, to the end of this 11th chapter. Now, this chapter is very important, and this last portion is very important, because right now we need the Lord's help to grasp that we are now shifting, the Spirit of God is now shifting from the age and the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, the one that have committed the abomination of desolation in the city of Jerusalem in his days, then the Spirit of God is now moving us to the final days beyond the church age, all the way to the tribulation period, where another king, another wicked man will rise, which we know him today as the Antichrist. And that Antichrist, in Hebrew we call it Soten HaMashiach, this Antichrist 
is called here the willful king who will rise up in the final days before and during the tribulation period. Now remember that in between, in between the time in which we read up till verse 35 of Daniel chapter 11, until the coming of the Antichrist, the willful king in the tribulation day, just before the tribulation and during the tribulation, all this period of time in between, we know that the church was born. The Messiah has come at his first coming. He was not accepted by our people Israel as the Mashiach. And then since his death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the church, the assembly, the ecclesia has been formed. And now some 2,000 years have passed by. And we are living in the final days of the church age, in the Laodicean days, when there is decline and departure and a sad condition in the church age. And soon, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who is the head of the assembly, the head of the church, of the ecclesia, he will take out of this world, they will rapture the assembly, the true believers of the true assembly, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And after that, when we are going to be in heaven, that is the ecclesia, the assembly, the true body of Messiah, then there will be events that will occur on earth, such as the seven year of tribulation, of which we have already studied in Daniel chapter 9, specifically in verses 24 to the end, to verse 27. We've already covered that, that there will be this one week, and he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. This is one week, one seven of years, seven years, and in the midst of the seven years, this man will cause the abomination of desolation, that is specifically will happen during the middle of the tribulation period when the Antichrist, the, as we know him as Soten HaMashiach, the false Messiah, will claim to be God and seek all men to worship him. And that is the portion that we enter in now as we begin in the study of Daniel chapter 11, verses 36 to 45. And so I wish, beloved brothers and sisters, that all of us will understand this, that again, Daniel is speaking about his brethren, his Jewish people, and his city of Jerusalem, and the land of Israel, and the promises of God ultimately to restore Israel back to himself, but there will be still events that will take place before Israel is finally restored to God, through the person of Yeshua the Messiah, and the kingdom will be established. So if we understand that, we have here this end-time final vision of Daniel continues. And while he received information of the Grecian Empire that was divided, and the kings of the north and the south Conflict between one another, Syria and Egypt, Israel in the middle, Jewish people always in the middle of the conflict and suffering in between. And he's now leading us all the way to the future. 
conflict that the Jewish people will experience when another king will rise, which Antiochus Epiphanes is but a type and a picture of another greater wicked man that will rise and he will cause havoc in the world and in among the and against the Jewish people. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, notice that in chapter 11 and verse 35, where we concluded in our last study together, we have a connecting verse. That verse read, And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, pure, even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Notice this very interesting verse in verse 35 of Daniel chapter 11. This is the connecting verse that now leads us from Antiochus' days, from 165 BC, when the temple was rededicated in the city of Jerusalem by the Jewish Maccabees who restored the temple after the desecration of the temple by Antiochus Epiphanes. Now we are moving all the ages. From that time, from 165 BC, we are really moving to the final days. In fact, there's more than 2,000 years between verse 34 and 35 and also verse 36 because in verse 36 we are now taken to the time of the end. And notice the connecting verse, of course, is verse 35. So there are many, many lessons that Israel will experience. Daniel is teaching and receiving the ministry from that angel that it will be a time to try them, a time to purge them, a time to make them white, to purify them, even to the time of the end, until the final days. And that is the final days of the seven-year tribulation when there will be the rise of another wicked man, another king, another one that will be the true antichrist, the true counterfeit messiah that will oppose God, oppose the messiah, oppose the Jewish people, and will seek to take the place of Yeshua, Jesus the messiah, for himself. So this verse 35 is important to understand as we are moving along to the final portion of the vision in chapter 11. Of course, chapter 12 will continue the vision explained by the angel to Daniel. But here, notice, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 36 to verse 45 divided into two sections. Here we see the Antichrist and a final worldwide religious system that will occur specifically during the seven years of the tribulation period. Notice in verses 36 to verse 45, we have this future coming willful king. All these verses are divided into two sections. Verses 36 to verse 39 There is the rise of the willful king, who is the Antichrist, in a future time of the end. And then verses 40 to 45 gives us the events during the rule of the willful king, of that Antichrist, the counterfeit Messiah. So let's begin with verse 36 to verse 39. And you notice that we read in verse 36, 
and the king shall do according to his will. That's how we get this expression, the willful king, because he will do according to his will. This is verse 36 in the beginning. Now, I just want to mention here very important fact that God's word presents before us the Antichrist. His, that name Antichrist is really taken from the epistle of John, where we read in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22, we do read of the passage that really gives us this expression of what we call it today the Antichrist. The word Antichrist does not only speak of someone who is against Christ or against the Mashiach, but the word Antichrist also has the thought of like Christ or like the Mashiach. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 22, we read, Who is a liar? But he that denies that Yeshua is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Christ, he is an Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. And you notice, he's speaking here about a single person, because there are many people who are against Christ. There are many who are Antichrist, against the Messiah, many Antichrists in plural. But here it is a singular person who is an a liar, but he, it's a singular person, that denies that Jesus is the Christ, that Yeshua is the Messiah. He is Antichrist. Here where we get that word Antichrist. In the Greek, it's called the one that is Ho Christos. He is the one that is against the Messiah, but not only against the Messiah, he is the one that is seeking to take the place of the Mashiach. In Hebrew, he is called the one that is called Soten HaMashiach. Soten HaMashiach is against the Messiah, but we know very well that he will seek to take the place of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah. So he is dead. Antichrist. And now that willful king of Daniel chapter 11 and this verse 36, he has many names in scripture that has a reference to this person. In fact, in Genesis 3.15, he's called the seed of Satan. In Isaiah 14 and verse 4, he's called the king of Babylon. In Zechariah chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, he is called the idle shepherd. In Daniel 7 and verse 8, he is called the little horn. In Daniel 8 and verse 23, he is called the king of furious countenance. In Daniel 9 and verse 26, he is called the prince that shall come. In Daniel 9 and verse 27, he is called the desolator. In Daniel 11 and verse 36, where we are, he is called a willful king. Hamelech she'oseh kirtsono. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he is called a man of sin. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, he is also called the son of perdition. In Hebrew, ben ha'avadon. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, he is called the lawless one. 
And of course, in 1 John 2.22, he's called Soten HaMashiach, the Antichrist. And finally, in Revelation 11, in verse 7, he's called Hachayad, the beast. Also in Revelation chapter 13. Now you will notice that this person is rising from among the Gentile world, who is the Antichrist, who is seeking to take the place of the Messiah. He will rise up out of the revived Roman Empire at the latter days of the tribulation period. In the latter days of the tribulation place, he will rise up and he will seek to take the place of the Messiah during the tribulation days. And so we read about him in verse 36 of Daniel chapter 11. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself, and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. You notice, beloved brothers and sisters, that this willful king, according to verse 30. Six, he is, first of all, will exalt himself, he will magnify himself above every God. You see that? It says here in verse 36, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God. Or shall speak marvelous things against the God of God, and shall prosper until the indignation, notice that, be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. In fact, the Apostle Paul gives us a description of this person in the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where we read in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there shall come a falling away first apostasia, and that men of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes, listen to verse 4, who opposes and exalt himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, this hasn't happened yet, because the Apostle Paul speaking about the temple of God, that will be built again. That temple, of course, is the tribulation temple, which God will not sanction. And that man of sin, that son of perdition, that deceiver, that willful king, will rise in a future day during the tribulation period. Of course, he will be here before the tribulation will begin. He will sign a covenant with our Jewish people in a future day for seven years, and he will seek to take the place of the Messiah and seek everyone to worship him. That's why it says in verse 4 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He will seek to take the place of the Mashiach, God the Son, and he will seek to take the place of, of the Messiah, and he will claim to be the one that everyone ought to worship. So, he will exalt himself. He will magnify himself, verse 36 of Daniel 11, above every God, 
above every god. And he shall speak marvelous things. This word for marvelous thing is really wondrous things of blasphemies against God. He will be the one that will speak against the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he will be that one that will speak and will do according to his own will. In fact, not only what Paul said in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 we can read, but we can also see what Yohanan, John, the apostle, what he tells us about this wicked man in Revelation chapter 13 there, when he's speaking about the tribulation period, he's speaking about the rise of two beasts. The beast that will rise from the sea, and the beast that will rise from the land, the earth. The first beast is the counterfeit Messiah, the Antichrist, the one that will seek to take the place of our Messiah, of Jesus. And the second beast is the false prophet that will seek to take the place of the Holy Spirit of God. Along with Satan, we have the counterfeit, triune, false God. Notice what we read in Revelation chapter 13. about He says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, verse 1, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Then I just want to read about how he was speaking. It says, beloved brothers and sisters, about him that he sought everyone to follow after him. In verse 4, it says, they worshipped the dragon and gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast and who is able to make war with him? And we do read, of him that he fought against the people of Israel, but it says in verse 6, specifically in the second half of the tribulation period, he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. Revelation 13 and verse 6, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. This is that beast, that willful king of Daniel chapter 11 and verse 36. And you notice, he shall prosper, according to verse 36. How long? Until the indignation. Beloved brothers and sisters, this word indignation that is found here in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 36 is the Hebrew word zam. Until the zam be accomplished. Until the zam kala in Hebrew. It means until the righteous indignation of God against sin and also in discipline against his people Israel, this man will be allowed to exalt himself during the tribulation period and to magnify himself above every God and to speak blasphemies against the God of gods, against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that will be allowed, according to verse 36b, until the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. In other words, God have determined that there will be this seven year of tribulation period. It's called, in the prophet Jeremiah, God calls it, Jeremiah prescribed it as Jacob's trouble. 
In Hebrew, we call it Sarat Yaakov. Jeremiah 30 and verse 6 and 7. Ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hand on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas! For that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he, that is Jacob, shall be saved out of it. It was our Lord Yeshua the Messiah in Matthew chapter 24 who called it, Then shall be great tribulations such as have never been here upon the face of this earth since this world was made beloved brothers and sisters this is exactly what yeshua jesus our messiah said concerning the tribulation period let me read you in matthew chapter 24 and verse 21 for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no no ever shall be this is the indignation the zam that is found in daniel chapter 11 and verse 36 And so this willful king, according to verse 36, he will exalt himself. This willful king, he will speak marvelous things or blasphemies against the God of gods. And he, this willful king, will be allowed to do so until the Zam, Sarat Yaakov, Jacob's trouble, will come to an end when God through the Messiah Yeshua, will destroy that wicked man that is called here the willful king. In verse 37, beloved brothers and sisters, we read that the future willful king will come and he will not regard the gods of his fathers, neither will he regard the desire of women. And you know, this is very interesting because because of this statement here in verse 37, many things that... This willful king will be from among the Jewish people, from among the nation of Israel, that he will be that willful king. But the context of the whole book of Daniel, especially here, beloved brothers and sisters, we have learned that the wicked man that will be there in the tribulation period will rise from among the nations of the world, specifically the revived Roman Empire. And that's why it says here, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. Oftentimes people take this to mean the God of his fathers because it is an expression that is mentioned many times in the Hebrew scriptures, God of our fathers, Elohei Avoteinu. But it is important to understand here I believe it is King James and the New King James that have translated here the word God of his fathers with a capital G. But in actuality, it's in Hebrew, it is called Elohei. It's a plural. The gods of his fathers. That does not have a reference to the God of Israel, but it has a reference to a pagan gods. All along, when you read here the whole chapter, you find out that when it's speaking about the true and living God, it is presented in singular, such as, for example, in verse 36, and the king shall not shall do according to his will and shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God. 
and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. In Hebrew, El Elim. This is a singular God of Israel. In verse 38, it says, But in his place shall he honor the gods of fortress. Notice what it says here, that he will honor the gods of fortress. That has a, a reference to the idols. But when it's come to the true and living God, it's always in the context here of our chapter. It is spoken in singular. But here in verse 37, the God of his father has a reference to the pagan gods that his fathers have worshipped, and he will not regard the foreign gods of his fathers. I wanted to remind you that in Daniel chapter 9, when we studied the topic of the 77th, in verse 26 of the study of Daniel 9, we read, after three score and two weeks, this is after the period of time, the three score and, and two weeks that the Messiah should be cut off and not for himself. And notice that it says in verse 36, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Who are the people that destroyed the temple and the city of Jerusalem? It was the Romans. And therefore that prince of these people that will rise up in a future day will be from among the Roman Empire who will rise up to seek to take the place of the Messiah. And so saying that verse 37 applied to any from among Israel is just simply not in light of what we have here in the context of Daniel chapter 2, chapter 7, and chapter 9 of the prophecy of Daniel. Let me just remind you also, beloved brothers and sisters, that this willful king will rise from the nations of the world, because according to Daniel chapter 2, verse 32, 33, and 34, we read in the interpretation of the dream of that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. Daniel tell him in verse 32, this image had was of a fine gold, the breast and his arm was silver, his belly and his thigh were brass, his legs was iron, and his feet partly iron and partly clay. In other words, he's reminding Nebuchadnezzar that all these rising up of the kings, these kings will be from among the nations of the world. Notice he continues and he says in verse 34, until you saw a stone cut without hand, and he will smite it upon the feet, this is the ten toes, that were of iron and of clay, and break them in pieces. When the Messiah will come, he will destroy the kingdoms of this world and the rulers of this world that will rise up from among the nations of the world. Now the Jewish people, the vast majority of them during the tribulation period, will experience persecution because they didn't follow God, the God of their fathers. But that particular prince is the one that will rise up from the revived Roman Empire. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 23 we read, And he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdom. 
and he shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread upon it, and break it in pieces. This is the future a Roman Empire that will be revived. In verse 24 of chapter 7, we do read, And the ten horns out of this kingdom, there are ten kings that shall rise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings, and he shall speak great words against the Most High. This is the ruler that will rise out from the revived Roman Empire, and he will oppose and war against the saints and against the law. And therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, the context of Daniel chapter 11 tells us that this king, willful king, will not regard the gods, plural, of his pagan fathers from the nations of the world. Secondly, it says in verse 37 that he will have no desire of women, no regard any god, and he shall magnify himself above all. Here's a second expression, here that is found in verse 37, that again, surprisingly, in light of the context, some believe because it says here that the king, he will not have the desire of women, will not want the desire of women. So oftentimes you hear those who say that it was the desire of the women, the Jewish women, that they will give birth to the Messiah. And therefore it must be a Jewish person. But again, beloved brothers and sisters, where do we read that the Jewish women desired in Scripture, in anywhere, we read that the Jewish women desired to give birth to the Messiah? Of course, the Messiah would come out of, of Miriam, a Jewish woman, but it is not uh, in the context the desire of women. He will not desire what is in women. It suggests here that this person will be so occupied with himself that he will not regard anyone. He will not regard the gods of his fathers, nor he will regard the desire of women, nor will he regard any god, for he shall magnify himself above all. He will be so self-centered, occupied with himself, that he will simply will not regard anyone. This is what you call the selfish I. The selfish me that is comes out of a sinful nature that we all have, but here we see the climax that is seen here in the willful king, in the counterfeit Messiah, in the Antichrist that is presented before us here in these uh, verses. Uh, there is a verse in the book of Haggai that is very interesting verse concerning the desires of the nations, of course. But you see, beloved brothers and sisters, the desire that women have, that men have, the people have a desire, is oftentimes is very selfish. According to Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6, there we read, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once... It is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the seas, and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desires of all nations shall come, 
and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Now again, it says here the desires of all nations. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, is it the desires of all the nations that the Messiah will come? In fact, men love darkness rather than light. Man does not want God to come. Man does not want anything to do with God. Man, by nature, only wants his own way. And as far as God is concerned, God, I do not want you. By nature, we do not want God. So we cannot take this verse in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, uh, the desire of the nation uh, that it will come will be that the Messiah will come. But it's not the truth. The human nature do not desire the coming of the Messiah. They simply uh, desire self-will. This is exactly how sin came into this world. There is a verse in Isaiah chapter 60 and verses 5, 6, and 7. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels shall come unto thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come unto thee. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. And you notice this in verses 5, 6, and verse 7 says, And the flocks of Kedar, and the gathering together unto thee, and the rams and Abayot shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. In other words, the desire of the nations is basically silver and gold and precious stones and, and all the wealth that exists in this world. This is the desires of the nation. And then now all these desires that they had, now they will bring it in the future day to God because what they desire for themselves will now be brought to God. And so therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, this willful king will not regard the gods, plural, of his fathers, and he will not regard the desire of women, but he will not regard any god, but he shall magnify himself above all. Selfishness all the way through, not like the true Messiah, Yeshua himself, but the false Messiah who will oppose God and God's will. So in verses 38 and 39, we find of the doings of the willful king and the program of the willful king. We read in verse 38, But his estate shall he honor the God of forces. The God whom his father knew not shall he honor with gold and with silver and with precious stones and, and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most stronghold with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. In other words, this Antichrist, this willful king, he will worship Satan. That will be the false religion that will exist during the tribulation period specifically. 
during the second half of the tribulation when he will situate himself in the temple in Yerushalayim claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be God. And there will be this antichrist, counterfeit Messiah religion that will happen during the tribulation period which he himself will force upon the people of the world during these days of the tribulation period. We read, beloved brothers and sisters, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Notice, notice what it says in verse 9 and 10. Even him who is coming is after working of Satan. This prince, this wicked person, this man of sin, this willful king, this antichrist, his working will be after Satan and with all power and signs and of lying wonders. This will be the religion of the world during the tribulation period, satanic religion. Verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. In other words, he will deceive the world with this religious system, which is really satanic system, that he will be guided by Satan, influenced by Satan himself. There will be the three counterfeit, Godhead, the three individuals that will be false, counterfeit, liars, Satan, seeking to take the place of God the Father, the Antichrist, seeking to take the place of God the Son, the false prophet, seeking to take the place of God the Holy Spirit. In Revelation chapter 13, there we read in verse 16 to 18 that he will seek everyone to worship him. Listen to what we read in Revelation 13, verses 16, 17, and 18. He causes all, this is the second beast, which is the false prophet. He will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in their right hand or in their forehead. This is called the mark of the beast. The mark that will identify men with the beast, who is a, the one who is forcing his false religion, the Antichrist religion. Verse 17 of Revelation 13 says, And that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark on or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18 of Revelation 13 said, Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, mispar ha in Hebrew, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666, shesh, 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 six, 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 and he will seek to force all men to worship the false Messiah. Beloved brothers and sisters, listen. As the person of the Holy Spirit of God guide us to worship the Son, God the Son and God the Father, in the power of God the Holy Spirit, there in the tribulation period, the false Godhead will seek to force their own satanic religion upon the world. And the false prophet will force 
during the tribulation period, everyone to worship the Antichrist, the counterfeit Messiah. And if only if they are not able, if they are not willing, they will be killed. And only those that will take the mark of the beast, 666, will be the one that will remain alive during this time and will be able to buy and sell because they have already gave over their life to this wicked man, the willful king, who is none else but the Antichrist himself. So we have covered verses 36 to verse 39, the rise of the willful king, who is the Antichrist, in the future time of the end. And now in verses 40 to 45, I just want to highlight the events that will occur during the rule of the willful king, specifically at the second half of the tribulation period. Let me remind you that according to Daniel chapter 9, this person who is the one that will rise from among the nations, the one, the prince of the people that shall come according to Daniel chapter 9, This person, he will be the one that will make a covenant with Israel for one week, namely seven years. Now in the middle of the week, as we read in Daniel 9 verse 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, for seven years. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and over spreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that, determined, shall be poured upon the desolate. In other words, in the middle of the seven years, this counterfeit Messiah, called here the willful king, he will break the covenant that he made with the Jewish people, and he will commit the abomination of desolation. That is what is known to be the seeking of the worshipping of himself, instead of the true and living God, to take the place of the Messiah, beloved brothers and sisters. And so we read of the events that will take place during his rule in the second half of the tribulation, since he took this this wicked place to claim to be God in the temple in Yerushalayim in the middle of the tribulation period. In verse 40, we read of the time of the end. There will be war And he, this willful king, will fight against the other ten kings that will rule the world during the beginning of the tribulation period, which we have already studied. In Daniel 2, it was the ten toes in the bottom of the image. In Daniel 7, it was the ten horns, which represent ten kings. And so now, in verse 40, at the time of the end, this is in the middle of the tribulation, he shall, shall the king of the south push him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, his chariot with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the, the countries and shall overflow and pass over. In other words, the king of the south is Egypt. The whole context here in our chapter Of chapter 11, it always was the north and the south, the north and the south. Not the far north, but the north and the south of Israel. North of Israel is Syria. South of Israel is Egypt. So the king of the south, this is Egypt, 
and the king of the north will come against the Antichrist as a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. But what happened? He will defeat them. This Antichrist will defeat them. He shall enter into the country and shall overflow and pass over. He will, with a military power, he will defeat them. In verse 41, we read that the willful king will also take over Israel. Because up to this time, the first three and a half years, he allowed our Jewish people to offer sacrifices in the temple. But it was in the middle of the seven years that he done away with it. And he said, no more. I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. Worship me. And that's why he will take over completely Israel. It says in verse 41, he shall enter into the glorious land. Now with the whole military that will come. Many countries shall be overthrown. And these shall escape out of his hand. Only Edom, Moab, and Ammon will escape, according to verse 41. Even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon, they will escape his hand. Why? Question immediately is coming. Why will Edom, Moab, and Ammon will be escaping? Why he will... All others, as it says here, many countries shall be overthrown... But, verse 41b, there will be only three countries, Edom, Moab, and Ammon remain, that will not be taken over by him, and he will allow them to remain for one reason or another. We do know that they will be allowed to remain because of the purposes of God for our Jewish people to flee into these mountains, the mountains of Edom, the mountains of Moab, and the mountains of Ammon, which are present-day Jordan. All of them together are present-day Jordan, beloved brothers and sisters. You remember what we read in Matthew chapter 24, that when ye shall see, listen to this, it's so, so interesting. Verse 15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, Yeshua the Messiah said, spoken by Daniel the prophet. In other words, when you Jewish people when you will see what Daniel wrote in Daniel 9, Daniel 10, 11, and so on, when you will see what will happen that in the middle of the tribulation, that there will be a person who will commit the abomination of desolation, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in a holy place. Whosoever read, let him understand. And now notice he says in verse 16, of Matthew chapter 24, then let them which be in Judea, not anywhere else, Judea, Jewish people, Israel, let them flee into the mountains. Let him which is in the house to come not down or take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. But woe unto them that with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Pray that your flight be not in winter, nor in Shabbat day. Why the Shabbat day is the Shabbat day that was given to our people, Israel, who will keep the Shabbat all along with all the failure, with all the shortcoming. But yet they will continue to have the Shabbat day. They continue to keep the feast of the Lord. But during the tribulation, the Antichrist will be committing the abomination of desolation. And then Daniel wrote of it. Notice it says in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 24, For then shall be great tribulation, 
such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall ever be. In other words, the Jewish people, God will preserve his people in the mountain. These mountains are the mountains of Edom and Ammon and Moab, which is present-day Jordan, beloved brothers and sisters. This is very, very important to understand. And the mountains that are mentioned here in Matthew chapter 24 and uh, the verses that we read is the wilderness that John Yohanan mentioned in Revelation chapter 12. In verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold a great red dragon, this is Satan, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And with his tail he drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and he did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, this is Israel, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. In other words, Satan constantly was against the Jewish people throughout the ages. But then it says, notice what happened to the woman, Israel who gave birth to the Mashiach, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. The woman, verse 6, fled into the wilderness. Again, where is that wilderness? Edom, Moab, Ammon, present-day Jordan. The woman went to the wilderness, chapter 13 of Revelation, verse 6, where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there what for a thousand two hundred and three score and sixty days. This is the second half of the tribulation period. It is fascinating how Daniel eleven connect with Matthew twenty four and Revelation chapter twelve. There is a link between that and the plan of God to preserve Israel for himself and for a future day when he will rule over them and through them as a priestly nation, blessing will flow to the world. Here we see the Lord promises is given to us in the book of Daniel, spoken by Yeshua HaMashiach himself and taught by the evangelists, by the early Jewish apostles, including Yohanan, John the Apostle. Notice, beloved brothers and sisters, we continue in verses 42 and 43, that willful king will take over Egypt, Libya, and Ethiopia. Notice what we read in verse 42 and 43. He shall stretch forth his hand, and also upon the countries, and the, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He will take over the king of the south. This is Egypt. And he shall have power over the treasures and gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians. He's taking over Africa at this time, taking over Egypt, Libya, Ethiopia. Then notice in verse 44, beloved brothers and sisters, the king of the east will be coming against him and also the king, according to verse 44, also the king of the north. So what we learn, Egypt is in the south. The king of the east, notice I'm reading verse 44, and the tidings come out of the east, and the east is, of course, Iraq. It's not in China, it is Iraq, it is the Mesopotamia. The king of the east will, uh, news is coming, that he's coming against him, and also out of the north shall 
trouble him, that is Syria once again. Again, everything is north of Israel, east of Israel, south of Israel. That news will trouble him, therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly to, to make away many. So, beloved brothers and sisters, the king, the willful king who is the Antichrist, he will ultimately defeat these out of the ten rulers that will rule the world during the tribulation period, the seven years of Jacob's trouble. The ten toes in the image and the seven horns and in the vision that Daniel saw representing the final revived Roman Empire. And the whole world will be divided into these ten sections with ten kings that will rule over the world. But there will be this eleventh ones, and one that will rise out of the ten, and he will seek to destroy and take the place for himself. The ten, of course, kings are to be distinguished from Israel. Israel will be the one that is awaiting the day to be restored and to be ruling and reigning with the Messiah in the Messianic kingdom. And so if you remember, we read in Daniel chapter 7, and there we read in verse 24 these words, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings. This is the final stage in the revived Roman Empire that the whole world will be divided into ten nations or ten kingdoms. And these are ten kings. But then notice it says in verse 24, And then shall arise another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So he will subdue three out of the ten, and there will be seven left plus him, and he will rule all the seven and all the world, and inflicting persecution upon the Jewish people whom the Lord will preserve and send them there to the place called Edom, Moab, and Ammon, according to verse 41, where the wilderness, the mountains, present-day Jordan, in Petra Bozra, where God will preserve the Jewish people there until the final days of the second coming of the Messiah. What a wonderful day that will be when the Messiah will come in a future day. Let me just read to you just two more verses and we will conclude with these beloved brothers and sisters. Listen to what we read. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. God is speaking about his people Israel. He will allure the Jewish people and he will bring them unto the wilderness. This is where we read about uh, Edom, Moab, and Ammon, beloved brothers and sisters. This is fascinating. Fascinating. One more verse I want to read in the book of Micah. In Micah chapter 2, there we also read, very important, beloved brothers and sisters, in Micah chapter 2, we read there in verse 12, and I'm reading just this verse, verse 12, I will surely assemble. O Jacob, all of thee, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Bozrah. Bozrah is the 
is in their dislocation, Edom, Moab, and Ammon, the area where the wilderness and the mountains, present-day Jordan, as the flock in the midst of their fold, they shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. God, praise God. He will ultimately restore his people Israel according to his promise. And he will bring them back into the land. But he will protect them during the second half of the tribulation when the Antichrist will seek to destroy the Jewish people, where Satan will seek to do away with the people of Israel, knowing that he had but short time. But ultimately, God graciously will preserve them for the three and a half years of the second half of the tribulation period. And then finally, verse 45 of Daniel chapter 11, And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain, and he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Beloved brothers and sisters, what we find out that this willful king, the Antichrist, the one that is called the seed of Satan, the king of Babylon, the idol shepherd, the little horn, the king of fierce countenance, the prince that shall come, the desolator, the willful king, the man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one, the beast, the antichrist. He will be the one that what he will do, he will plant his own place, his own tabernacle there, where he will put it between the seas between the seas of the Mediterranean, of the Dead Sea, that is there by the city of Jerusalem, in the glorious holy mountain, he will situate himself there in Mount Moriah, claiming to be God for this second half of the tribulation, until he will come to an end. And he will come to an end, beloved brothers and sisters, that he will ultimately die when the Messiah, Yeshua himself, will come. And when the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, will come, He is the one of whom we read in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 26. And I will read that and we will close the session. Daniel 7 and verse 26 we read, But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away His dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. This is the Messiah who will come at His second coming. How wonderful it will be when He will ultimately destroy this wicked man, the willful king, he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Verse 45. Praise God. Our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, will come, and he will restore all things to himself. He will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords, and the false Messiah, the Antichrist, the willful king, will come to his end. Praise God for the future that is awaiting the Lord Jesus the Messiah and all those that belong to him. Beloved brothers and sisters, may God touch our hearts. And today, 
Bring us to the Lord Jesus, to the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, to accept Him as our Lord and as our Savior. Well, God bless you until the next chapter, the next message. God bless you, beloved brothers and sisters. And we're saying to you, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.